Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 133 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 133 of Recipe gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live from the Rockin' Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. And I thought this was a very good episode of Monday Night Raw. It was a well paid show great wrestling action throughout and we got a cliffhanger at the end which pleased me greatly and we got a story within a story regarding the dreaded parking lot that is now taking its drama from the parking lots of the pc to the main parking lots of arenas across america for wwe we had a car crash in the background involving nikki ash and Dewdrop for some reason kevin owens is being interviewed by kevin patrick at the exact same time. And even though I love KO and how he delivered a pop-up powerbomb to Ezekiel on the hardest part of the ring, you guessed it, the ring apron, they sent Ezekiel to the hospital for evaluation. All I could pay attention to was the action going on in the background involving this crashed car, Nikki Ash and Dewdrop and WWE officials talking about it. We played into it later in the show with Alexa Bliss and Asuka cutting a promo on Nikki Ash and Dewdrop ahead of their round one match in the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament going down next Monday on Raw. And as that's happening, we got Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Neo Sky confronting Alexa and Asuka backstage. And then we have officials rushing by them for some reason. AJ Styles crosses the ladies as well as he gets ready for his main event against the Miz in a no disqualification match. So the backstage scene of Monday Night Raw was very chaotic last night. And we got a hint as to what caused the chaos at the end of the show, which gave us a great hook and cliffhanger for next week's show. So I love the building blocks of telling a story thread by thread throughout the show. And it made fans pay attention, which I greatly appreciate. Keep me on my toes, WWE. Give me a mystery to latch on to. And we got a nice cliffhanger for next week and a surprise return, which made me very happy, which I'll get to momentarily. But let's kick things off with Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky as they talk their shit about being the change needed in the raw women's division now i love bailey but i felt like she was going through some rustiness on the mic because let's not forget bailey really came into her own during the empty arena era alongside sasha banks she was smackdown and wwe women's tag team champion at the same time she really flourished as a heel she discovered who she was meant to be on the mic and in the ring, antagonized Michael Cole every chance she got, but she never got to play this character in front of a live audience until now. And I think some of the reactions from the crowd rattled her last night. The what chance got very annoying fast. I hate that. And she messed up Dakota Kai's name, calling her Dakota Sky, and she cleaned it up real quick, saying, I know what I did, you idiots. And that's when she really got into the groove of her promo, but it's going to take some time for her to readjust in front of a live audience. And I think that she'll get there in time. She's got the tools. She she learned how to adapt with nobody there a couple of years ago. So she can really amp it up in front of people in due time. But the what chance will rattle you no matter who you are. And Bailey had to shake that off during a promo last night. Things did get better with Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and Bianca Belair coming out to challenge EO, Dakota, and Bailey to a match tonight. 
But Bailey says, let's wait until Clash the Castle and caught off Wells in a few weeks' time. The match is official. And Bianca Belair tells Bailey, you know what? You want to be in control? I feel like losing control. And she goes after Bailey. And we got a pure six brawl. We got officials trying to break things up. Bianca and Bailey are fighting in the crowd. The fans are popping for all of this action. But the highlight was Alexa Bliss delivering a crossbody after barricade onto everyone to wrap up the opening segment, which was very chaotic, which is the word of the day, to say the least. And one of the highlights for me was Asuka just rocking out to Bianca Belair seeing music. She was getting her life and I love that for her and I really enjoy the trios feud between Bianca Belair Asuka and Alexa Bliss versus Bailey, Io Sky and Dakota Kai The match combinations should be a lot of fun heading into Clash of the Castle and we jumpstart the WWE Women's Tag Team Tournament last night as well and I expect a second round matchup involving Sky and Kai versus Asuka and Alexa Bliss in due time. Next up is Angelo Dawkins versus Seth Rollins. And I thought this was a really good match. And I'm going to be very brash in saying the following. This might have been Dawkins' best singles match to date. He was great last night. The fans were into all of his near falls. He did a fucking backflip out of a roll through by Rollins, which was sick, followed by a dropkick for good measure. And at one point, Montez Ford antagonizes Rollins by mocking him at a ringside. And that leads to Angelo delivering the pounce to Rollins over the announce table. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Dawkins is being worked over by Seth Rollins, who sends him face first to the second turnbuckle. And that makes Montez Ford upset. And Rollins antagonizes Ford enough for Ford to grab grab a steel chair to go after Rollins and he's ejected from ringside for losing his temper but that distraction does allow Dawkins to make a great comeback with the flip dive to Rollins on the outside followed by a nice suplex that I've never seen from him before and the twisting clothesline in the corner followed by the silencer neck breaker for a near fall Rollins is going to go for that forearm smash and Dawkins avoids the curb stump not once but twice lands the spine buster for the nearest of near falls that pops his crowd. The actor's supposed to be outside and Seth shoves Dawkins into the still steps. And Seth goes for another curb stomp, but Dawkins avoids that as well. The fans are going crazy for these ducks of the curb stomp. But ultimately, Seth grabs Dawkins, lands a pedigree for the win. A really strong match. I thought this was great. The near falls had me going. The avoidance of the curb stomp was great drama. And Dawkins is a star. I've seen this from him in the last year or so. The improvement. He worked shirtless for the first time in his career last night. He looked great. And I loved Dawkins, no matter what his size was. But he's put in the work to improve his in-ring game. And he's so impressive, agile, and athletic. And he's letting you know, listen, if you're going to break up the Tree Profits, I am going to be fine as a single star too. And I fully believe that he's got the mic skills and the talent to be a true standout star in WWE alongside Montez Ford. I hope they're not teasing a breakup, but Montez Ford has lost his cool the last couple of weeks, which is teasing something down the road. And I hope it's a good story for Montez and Angelo because they can be big time players in WWE long term. We got some Mysterio family drama last night involving Ray and Dominic Mysterio alongside Edge who apologized to Ray and Dominic for that accident of spear to Dominic at the end of last week's show and Ray accepts the apology but Dominic does not in fact he shoves Edge and Ray says listen 
this is La Familia. I've known this guy for 20 years and Dominic snaps and he tells his dad, you've known me for 25. How about that? And he was not here for Edge getting in their business. And he walks away from his dad. I'm like, oh shit, season two of Mysterio La Familia is about to kick off. It's been the delayed season two of Dominic forsaking his father. And we're getting closer and closer to that. And it's about damn time, which sets up Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor. And Rey was expecting Dominic to be by his side at ringside. Edge volunteered to be there for him, but Ray had full confidence that his son would be by his side for this match, and that was not the case. And I thought that Ray and Finn had a really good match once again. An early highlight was Finn Balor going for three amigos, and the fans are booing this as he goes for the Eddie Shimmy Shake, which is by far one of the worst Shimmy Shakes I've ever seen. Ray is going to counter that into a suplex of his own. He goes for the 619 Madamia Priest spice a bullet for Finn, and Finn grabs Ray by the face mask and slams him face first to two. The ring post as we go to commercial break. We come back, and Ray is going to fight through. Finn's offense and delivers a sunset flip power bomb to Finn against the barricade on the outside. Damian Priest continues to cause trouble at the ringside, which leads to Edge coming out, and he and Priest get into a fight. He boots Priest over the barricade, and they brawl through the crowd, and that allows Ray to hit the code red on Finn for a close near fall. Goes for the 619 is clothesline by Finn, who lands the shotgun dropkick in the corner. Goes for the coup de gras, but Ray rolls out of that, and he is going to go for the 619 until he sees Rhea Ripley carrying Dominic over her shoulder. And she is one-arming this guy. Her fucking strength is incredible. So she drops Dom on the main stage, and she just stands over him. He's beat up unconscious a mess Ray doesn't know what to do and that distraction allows Finn to land the 1916 followed by the coup de bras from the top rope for the win and I thought this was a really good way to end the match and the tension between the Mysterios will continue Dom gets beat up by Rhea again and I keep saying this I think at some point he is going to join Judgment Day and become Rhea Ripley's sub she is going to dominate him in every way. He's going to love the pain. And I love it. We need some edge to this crew. Every pun intended, by the way. And I love to see it. Rhea Ripley is such a centerpiece to Judgment Day. Without her, there is no Judgment Day. She is a star and she is elevating this crew every single time she beats Dominic's ass. It is my new kink every week. I need more, but I think that Dom is going to fall in line. He's going to join Judgment Day and he's going to be Rhea's bitch very, very soon. And he needs something to bring out his personality a bit more. He gave Ray the business last night saying, I've known you 25 years. Fuck that 20. That was the most attitude and personality I've ever seen for Dominic Mysterio. And I think he can bring more as being a part of Judgment Day in due time. There's still hope for this crew if they lean into the kinkiness and just the masochist aspect of what this group can be with Rhea just leading the way by beating Dom's ass on a regular basis. And for that, I live. Next up is the first round of the Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament involving Dana Brooke and Tamina versus Io Sky and Dakota Kai. I thought this match was solid as Dana Brooke wipes out Dakota Kai and Io Sky with a cross body on the outside. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Tamina is in the ring and she's working over Io Sky. And I thought Tamina had a nice showing last night, displayed her power, delivered some nice punches as Samoa 
and dropped Io Sky at one point as well. But Dakota Kai makes that blind tag in the corner, lands the go-to kick in the corner to Tamina, and Io Sky lands that beautiful moonsault from the top rope to secure the win to advance to round two of the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament. Next up is Bobby Lashley versus Ciampa for the WWE United States Championship. And I thought this was the match of the night. Ciampa cuts a great promo dedicating this match to the late great Harley Race's mentor throughout the years. And he wears a robe that Harley wore to the ring. And I love the new entrance music for Ciampa. It fits him a bit more than the last theme music. No one will survive as goaded, but I like this new theme song for him. And I'm glad he got promo time last night to express himself because he's a damn good talker. And the partnership with the Miz is starting to make a bit more sense as they flesh out the relationship a bit more and I thought Ciampa opened a lot of people's eyes last night if they're not really familiar with his work from OG NXT that he's a great worker and Bobby Lashley is phenomenal my god this man is in the prime of his career and he's putting in that work at one point Ciampa's gonna go for a chop block and chops on Bobby then he just delivers this back elbow to Ciampa rocks him with the quickness and from there it's on Bobby grabs Ciampa, Miz is in the way, and Lashley throws Ciampa on top of Miz as we go to commercial break. We come back, and Ciampa takes control during the break with a knee strike, but Lashley's going to fight back with a shoulder tackle and a modified dominator for a near fall. They trade counters for a bit until Lashley lands a cutting spear on Ciampa for the win until the Miz gets Ciampa's feet on the ropes to the last minute to break up the pinfall, and that allows AJ Styles to fly off the barricade and land a phenomenal forearm to the Miz. They fight through the crowd, and Bobby Bobby lands the Dominator. But once again, we got Miz and AJ fighting in the ring. They brawl outside once again, and that distraction allows Ciampa to remove the top turnbuckle, and he sends Bobby Lashley face first into it, not once but twice, lands a jumping knee strike, and we think the match is over, but Bobby kicks out. Ciampa, angry, is going for the fairy tale ending. Bobby blocks that, but Ciampa transitions into the Gargano escape. And Curry drops the DIY, the do-it-yourself, and Bobby's fighting. He's able to power through, gets back up. A voice of fairy tale ending, but Ciampa goes to the Gagano escape, locks it in tight, and Curry drops a DIY reference. Mm-hmm. Johnny's coming eventually, just not tonight. Spoiler alert. So Bobby fights through that, but Ciampa lands the Willow's Bell, and the match is not over as Bobby kicks out again. So Ciampa's going in for the kill, but Bobby blocks the jumping knee strike by Ciampa. He hits a choke slam, followed by the hurt lock for the submission victory. What a match. The fans were going crazy for the near falls. They were willing Bobby to win this match. And normally, fans are clamoring for a title change. They would have rocked with Ciampa winning but they were pulling for Bobby to get that W and he did my god what a match this was Bobby Lashley is one of my top wrestlers in WWE this year this resurgence for him has been amazing he's a great U.S. champion Ciampa had his best main roster performance to date and he's gonna really open people's eyes to what he can do on the main roster on the biggest level. And in due time, he's going to be a main event player. There is a new boss in town by the name of Triple H, a.k.a. Uncle Paul Levesque, and he loved this dude on NXT. Give Ciampa Mike time 
ring time he is going to get over and he will flip on the Miz one day and he will be over as a face and that's what you want the slow build not the instant gratification how tempting it may be but it's all about the long game and I'm here for it and what a match this was to kick off the third hour of Monday Night Raw next up is Omas beating two local yokels I have nothing else to say he beat their ass in a quick fashion that's all you need to know it was nice to see Omas again after a few weeks of being MIA. Next up is Dolph Ziggler versus Chad Gable from the Alpha Academy. And listen, if you love grappling, if you love technical wrestling, this is a match for you. These two guys gave us a grappling showcase. It was beautiful to watch. Chad Gable is one of the best in WWE. And Dolph Ziggler, when it comes to mat work, is highly underrated as well. And Chad Gable lands Chaos Theory, that German suplex with the bridge for a new fall. I loved it. But the story of this match was Chad going after the left ankle of Dolph Ziggler. And he wore that ankle out. Dolph couldn't hit the famous or couldn't land a super kick or the zigzag. And Chad just kept grabbing and twisting that ankle around. But eventually, Ziggler powers through and lands a super kick with his good foot, the right foot, for the win. A very good match. Otis tries to go after Ziggler, but he runs away in the nick of time, bat leg and all. But I thought this was great from a pure wrestling standpoint. It's tough to wake up a crowd after seeing a great match between Lashley and Ciampa for the U.S. title, but they put in that work and they won them over in the end, and I appreciate that. They gave us a different style of wrestling during the third hour. My only critique is that we need more from Ziggler. We know he doesn't like Austin Theory. Explain why. Tell me. Give me a reason as to why you're going after this guy. I know that Theory might be going through a death in the family, which might have put pause on that storyline, but Dolph still needs Mike time to be a fully realized babyface I can get behind. I'm warming up to him after five long years, but I need a bit more in the weeks to come to really make me buy in at the end of the day. And Chad Gable, he deserves a renewed push as well. He's so damn talented, and he is a reincarnation of Kurt Angle in every way. The humor, the in-ring style, his talent is immense. The personality is on point. He just needs the opportunities to shine on a more consistent basis. That will happen under the Triple H administration, I do believe, but I just need him positioned better on Monday nights moving forward. And now it is time for our main event involving AJ Styles versus The Miz. And, you know, we did not know what the main event was going to be up until AJ Styles jumped The Miz during Ciampa versus Lashley for the U.S. title. So they kind of played us for two and a half hours as to what the main event was going to be. And it was a no DQ match between Styles and Miz. And I thought it was really good as Styles goes for a table early on, which pleases the fans. But the Miz ruins the happy moment by delivering a drop kick to AJ on the outside. Eventually, both men are fighting on top of the announce table. And Miz chucks AJ over the barricade in a pretty rough spot as we go to commercial break. We come back and Styles is back on his feet to grab another table from underneath the ring. But Miz is going to land some kendo stick shots to AJ, which hurt like hell. They were kind of stiff. But AJ is going to fight back with the kendo stick. And he's going to crotch Miz in the balls and lands a side rush and leg sweep as well for two. Styles lands the phenomenal forearm for the win until Ciampa pulls the referee out of the ring to break up the count. And Styles is going to knock Ciampa off the apron and through a table to break up the interference. But that distraction is going to allow the Miz to hit Styles in the face with a steel chair when Styles was mid 
Phenomenal forearm. It's a great bump by style. Sells it beautifully. And Miz goes for the skull crushing finale for the nearest the near falls that grabs the crowd's attention. Miz is going to whack AJ in the leg with the kendo stick. Once again, goes for the figure four leg lock. But AJ sends Miz face first to a still chair that was set up in the corner. And he lands the Styles clash on the Miz for the win. A great finish to a really strong match. And after the match is over, we see some commotion in the crowd. And we kind of cut to the side of the screen where AJ is celebrating at. And we notice that police are arresting Dexter Loomis. And one of the announcers says, is that Dexter Loomis? And that is, in fact, Dexter Loomis rehired by WWE and other cliffhanger to wrap up Monday Night Raw. And we can only assume that he was the one that caused the car crash earlier in the show. We don't know for sure, but we'll get answers in due time. So I really enjoyed the cliffhanger element to wrap up the show of Dexter Loomis back in WWE. He was one of my favorite characters on NXT over the last couple of years. The perfect stalker, a great nod to Dexter, the serial killer from the Showtime series and Loomis in honor of Billy Loomis from the OG Scream franchise. So I hope he shakes things up on Monday Night Raw by being crazy as hell in the best possible way with hopefully Indy Hartwell and possibly Johnny Gagano in tow because I love that dynamic just as much as well to shake up Monday nights in the weeks and ultimately months to come. Overall, I thought this was a really good show. Camera work kind of shaky, but I will say this, that big ass entrance they have with the big old Titan Tron. I noticed last night that when the wrestlers came out for their matches, they were shot in a tight zoom and that stage did not overwhelm them. I remember Jim Valley from Wrestling Observer Live mentioning that the stage makes the stars look like ants sometimes. It overwhelms them, but this time we saw the star be front and center more so than the stage, which was nice to see. The camera cuts during the opening segment during the brawl was nauseating. We got to work on that, but I do like that technique of focusing on the star more so than the big ass stage, which is nice and all, but let your performers be the true standout on your show. And with that, this wraps up another good episode of Monday Night Raw. We are two for two under the Triple H administration with his ideas firmly in place. And we got a match already set for next week involving Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. And in two weeks, we got Damian Priest versus Edge live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Edge's hometown in his home country. And that is going to be a moment. His first match in Canada in over a dozen years. That's crazy, but it should be a fun night in Toronto in a couple of weeks' time. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 133 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Later Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Receptopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily, recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such wrestling Subtopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Tune Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 81 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. 